Welcome back to the Injury Prone Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porras, Dr. Physical Therapy Medical Analyst at FantasyPoints.com. Gracias por tus oídos. Hopefully your week 13 went swimmingly, and hopefully you were able to survive the onslaught of injuries that we're dealing with now in the NFL. We're going to get to all of those. As always, make sure you follow me on Twitter, at FBInjuryDoc. Make sure you are signed up for the newsletter. If Twitter ever implodes, or you can't find me, or I'm off the grid, you can always Rest assured, you can find me at my newsletter, the Injury Pro Newsletter, pinned to the top of my profile on Twitter. Lastly, rate review the podcast. If this has been a helpful podcast for you uh, this year, if it's helped you win at least one game, throw me a rate, throw me a review, and let me know where we can improve moving forward. So likely the most important player, league winner, that we're going to discuss today is Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, of course, suffered the right ankle injury. And what you saw is he ran towards the sideline, sort of planted his foot, and then limped off. Then the medical staff was working on his right ankle. He had his right ankle propped up. He didn't go back in. Of course, today, recording this Tuesday afternoon, evening, Ian Rappaport saying that the ankle, the right ankle, wasn't sprained, but it was jammed. And that is consistent with what I saw on video. It looks like his foot planted really hard. And essentially what it sounds like is at the top of his ankle, based on what Ian Rappaport said, that he's got some swelling, some pain near the top of his foot and ankle complex. So that's an extremely painful situation injury to deal with. An impingement is not typically something you see uh, traumatically the way that you just saw it. Usually this is something that builds up, but his structures and joints slammed all together at once, causing pain, swelling, inflammation. It's going to be tough for him to go this week. It's going to be tough for him to turn around in seven days and be 100% Kenneth Walker. If he is active, I expect him to gut through it and try to push, but he is ultimately not going to look very efficient. And that's a problem for a guy who's been saved by a lot of touchdowns. Obviously, the volume will, will help take over. The second part of this injury is that he could just totally sit it out. The Seahawks could say, sit it out, take this one week, and then come back in week 15. We'll handle that. Another complicated wrench in the equation is DJ Dallas, who would obviously take a big chunk of Kenneth Walker's work, was also injured. He stepped wrong, and he suffered a high ankle slash eversion type mechanism. This is kind of a complicated situation because DJ Dallas himself suffered a pretty legitimate ankle sprain. He only had five touches in the second half uh, after he was injured right before halftime. The problem is we don't know whether this was, all right, DJ Dallas, you're injured too, but Kenneth Walker is our top tier franchise running back. So we're going to throw you back out there, even though you might not be ready either. So the moral of the story, what I'm saying here is there's a chance that both of these guys are active next week or one of them is active, but neither of them are going to be 100%. That's just something to keep in mind for cash. It's something to keep in mind for DFS purposes. Uh, this is something that could impact Kenneth Walker and his efficiency, and DJ Dallas might not even be active in the first place. Now, obviously, with running back, as long as you're getting uh, that that volume and if they're, they continue to feed Kenneth Walker, if DJ Dallas is out, then he could probably get there for you. He could probably fall into the end zone. The thing is, a from a re-aggravation standpoint, he's likely going to be playing through some pain if Kenneth Walker is active. So again, keep in mind, DJ Dallas might not be active, uh, and it looks like the Seahawks would prefer if one guy isn't ready to go with DJ Dallas just to protect Kenneth Walker. So you could end up having a backfield led by DJ Dallas, which of course leads us to say, add DJ Dallas, Kenneth Walker as at 
a high risk to sit this week. But if Kenneth Walker does go, you have to start him in most formats. Next guy we're talking about, Lamar Jackson. What a disappointing one point something points we were able to get out of Lamar Jackson. Unfortunately, that's because he went down with a knee injury. This injury was in the pocket. He was collapsed on by a defender and he took all the weight of that defender and himself through the knee. He landed on the knee and now they're calling it a, what they'll call a strain. They're calling it a strain, I believe Ian Rappaport is calling it. Moral of the story, this definitely put some pressure and uh, shear through the inside of his knee joint. The PCL could potentially be implicated. Uh, and really, this reminds me of the contusion that Andy Dalton suffered last year in 2021. So Harbaugh has already come out and said that Lamar Jackson is day-to-day, if not week-to-week. Usually with Harbaugh, that means it's going to be at least one week. Uh, it could be pot- potentially two weeks. So be prepared and brace yourself to be without Lamar Jackson for two weeks. If this is a run-of-the-mill contusion, uh, even longer, if they can't get his symptoms to calm down and get him out there pain-free. By the time he comes back, uh, typically these running quarterbacks are actually ready and ready to roll by the time they get out there. He'll be at a slightly increased risk to re-injure the knee, but when he's back, he's back. So again, Prepare to be without Lamar Jackson for two weeks. Insulate yourself as much as you can and cross your fingers. Hope he's back before that. The next guy that we're talking about here is Cortland Sutton. We are hearing from uh, Nathaniel Hackett that, of course, Cortland Sutton is, you guessed it, day-to-day. Jerry Judy was day-to-day as well after his initial injury, so that's just something to keep in mind. Cortland Sutton doesn't necessarily have a history of these, at least to my current knowledge, without pulling up the injury report over the last several years. But what I can tell you is the average amount of lost time for a hamstring strain is about 1.3 games. That's really, once you account for standard deviations, it's between one and three games. Uh, Guys can come back quickly. They can bounce back quickly after a hamstring strain, but there also is data that I've mentioned a hundred times over showing that in the first week back from a hamstring strain, these guys are boomer bust. Skill players are boomer bust. They could either score 79% or fewer than their seasonal average or 89% plus of their seasonal average. There's no in between with these guys in their first week back. So Cortland Sutton is maybe because of the bye weeks fringe must start, but we have to remember that he could bust at any point because he could re-injure. And I hate using the word bust. That really isn't the word I should have used, but there's definitely a chance that Cortland Sutton re-injures this hamstring if he comes back at all. I would be surprised if we saw him, but definitely prepare for him to be out at this point. What I would say in addition to that is Cortland Sutton does have a history of hamstring strains, but that was way back in 2018, 2019. So it's been a while since he's dealt with this. Uh, We'll see how he responds. But again, don't plan to be with Cortland Sutton in week 14. Another guy that unfortunately sustained a concussion was, of course, Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks doesn't have a history of concussions, but we have seen with the new concussion protocol and how teams are seeming to be a little bit more conservative along. We saw that with Joe Mixon, that this could be a potential one-game absence for Traylon Burks. 
Could he clear the concussion protocol in time to be back for week 14? Yeah, of course, 100%. He definitely could. But again, the way that we've been dealing with concussions lately in the NFL, uh, it seems a little bit up in the air for now. So just be ready. Be prepared to be without Traylon Burks. Another couple pieces of just things to watch. Jalen Waddell, he was ruled out briefly with a leg injury, and then he came back in, seems to be fine. He looks to have landed on his left leg, a very similar mechanism that Lamar Jackson sustained, except it looked to be much less severe and there was no weight uh, of the of another defender landing on top of him, so he should be fine. Tua also should be fine. They've already announced that he's going to start against Chargers. Seems like they were just trying to get him out of there in a game that was lost. And then, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo out for the season. Those are all the pieces of news information that you should follow. So, again, make sure you're following Injury Insights. That is where I update uh, the injury tracker as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Uh, that's what I try to do at least an hour, you know, up to the hour. And make sure you're following the newsletter, the Injury Pro newsletter. I will put all that in the show notes. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out. I'm going to start asking more Dynasty-related questions. I'm going to start asking uh, more content-related questions geared towards you and what you want to hear as the season begins to wind down. I know the dino heads don't ever really wind down, so I'll be starting to take questions about Dynasty Keeper-type content and outlooks for the 2023 season. we got a lot of, a lot of those guys to talk about. So again, rate, review the podcast, follow the newsletter. Follow me on Twitter at FB Injury Doc. Gracias por tus oídos.